0: This video is brought to you by Ground News. Today, left-wing candidates succeed in multiple elections over the weekend. Saudi Arabia is accused of mass killings at its border. Donald Trump refuses to take part in primary debates. And Russia's first lunar mission in decades ends in failure. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday, the 21st of August, 2023. Sunday saw crucial elections in both Ecuador and Guatemala, in which left-of-centre candidates came out on top, suggesting that a recent wave of left-wing victories in Latin America is not yet over. Guatemala held the second round of its presidential election, which resulted in a victory for progressive anti-corruption campaigner Bernardo Arvelo. Arvelo won comfortably with 58% of the vote, beating former First Lady Sandra Torres, who received 37%. His victory follows a surprise first round result that saw him come second behind Torres to qualify for the runoff. Arvelo, who is an ex-diplomat and a son of a former president, has pledged to purge institutions co-opted by the corrupt, in a country that observers say has become increasingly authoritarian and mired in corruption. Naturally, supporters of Arvelo and his Semila party were jubilant with the result. However, there are fears that Guatemala's entrenched powers will seek to block him from taking office. In fact, following his unexpected qualification for the runoff, some officials attempted to remove him from the race and his party was even suspended following a prosecutor's request. But the move was reversed by the country's top court. Outgoing President Alejandro Giametti, who was not eligible for re-election, congratulated Arvelo and said he would work towards the most orderly and complete transition that has happened in this country, once the results are made official. The new president will take office on January 14th. Meanwhile, Ecuador also held its general election, which included the first round of the presidential vote. Emerging victorious in this first round was left-winger Luisa Gonzalez, who is a protégé of former president Rafael Correa, a political heavyweight who currently lives in Belgium, having been sentenced in absentia to eight years in prison for corruption. With 85% of ballots counted, Gonzalez was on 33%, so we'll go to the runoff in October, where she will face Daniel Naboa, who came second with around 24%. Naboa, aged just 35, is broadly centrist, is an ex-lawmaker and is the son of a banana industry tycoon. His qualification for the runoff is a surprise, given that he had not polled higher than fifth place ahead of the election. The snap vote was triggered after outgoing President Guillermo Lasso dissolved the National Assembly and called for fresh elections amid an impeachment trial. The major theme of the election was security, as Ecuador is experiencing a major surge in violence that was highlighted by the assassination of a presidential candidate earlier in August. As such, more than 100,000 soldiers and police officers were deployed across the country, and election day fortunately took place without any major violent incidents. Whoever wins the runoff will serve the remainder of President Lasso's term, meaning they only have until early 2025 before they face another election. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Saudi Arabia has been accused by a human rights group of carrying out mass killings of migrants on its border with Yemen, which may amount to crimes against humanity. According to New York-based Human Rights Watch, Saudi border guards have killed at least hundreds of Ethiopian migrants and asylum seekers who tried to enter Saudi Arabia from Yemen between March 2022 and June 2023. In researching and writing the 73-page report, the NGO interviewed dozens of people who tried to make the journey and analysed hundreds of videos and photos as well as satellite imagery. The report found that Saudi border guards had used explosive weapons and in some cases shot migrants at close range in a widespread and systematic pattern of attacks. Saudi Arabia has not publicly responded to the claims at the time of writing. Previously, a recent report by the Mixed Migration Centre made similar allegations and last year, UN experts highlighted allegations of cross-border killings of migrants and asylum seekers carried out by Saudi security forces. In March, Saudi Arabia told the UN that it categorically refuted the claims. Some 750,000 Ethiopians live and work in Saudi Arabia, many having migrated for economic reasons, while many others have fled violence and human rights abuses in Ethiopia, opting for the dangerous so-called eastern route across the Gulf of Arden to Yemen and then over the border into Saudi Arabia. So that's the news from Saudi Arabia today. Let's move and discuss Donald Trump and the US election. With the first Republican primary debate set to take place on Wednesday, it seems that the frontrunner will not be in attendance. Former President Donald Trump recently announced that he would not be taking part in Republican primary debates, as he already has a large lead in the polls. This does appear to be accurate, with a CBS poll on Sunday showing that 62% of Republicans preferred the former president to be their candidate. Ron DeSantis, Trump's main rival, had only 16% of support. All other candidates had less than 10%. Further explaining his rationale for not attending the debates, Trump explained that the public knows who I am and what a successful presidency I had. While Trump therefore won't be present for the debate on Wednesday, he will still be in the news. That's because he's already recorded an interview with Tucker Carlson, which is set to be posted online on the same day. It's not clear yet whether it will air at the same time as the debate. Andrew Romeo, the spokesperson for Ron DeSantis, said on Twitter that No one is entitled to this nomination, including Donald Trump. You have to show up and earn it. It was announced over the weekend that Russia's Luna 25 spacecraft ended its journey to the moon by smashing into its surface. Luna 25 was Russia's first moon mission in more than 50 years and was supposed to land on the South Pole to attempt to discover whether the moon could hold frozen water and precious elements. However, discussing the mission on Sunday morning, Roscosmos, Russia's space agency, announced that the lander had ceased to exist as a result of a collision with the surface of the moon. They've additionally said that a special commission will look into why the mission failed. It seems that Russia was in a race with India to the lunar South Pole, whose spacecraft is meant to land in the coming days. They're also looking for water at the South Pole. With the US also looking at returning to the moon in the next few years, this time with people, it looks like a renewed space race may be on the horizon. As usual, we'll end with some uplifting news, this time about the shipping firm Cargill, which is hoping to utilise an age-old technology to cut fuel consumption and emissions from the shipping sector. The Pixis Ocean has set out on its maiden voyage from China to Brazil, fitted with giant wind-powered sails to help power the vessel forward, meaning it won't be relying entirely on its engines for the journey. Cargill's president admits there is no silver bullet to decarbonising the industry, but hopes that innovations like this, combined with other measures, can play an important part. The shipping industry is estimated to be responsible for about 2.1% of global CO2 emissions, and the hope is that the sales could cut a cargo ship's lifetime emissions by 30%. That's all for today, but if you want to stay in the loop until the next one,
1: then you'll want to check out Ground News. a website and app developed by a former NASA engineer on a mission to give readers an easy, data-driven and objective way of reading the news. That's because every story comes with a visual breakdown of the political bias, factuality and ownership of the sources reporting all backed by ratings from three independent news monitoring organizations. It's not just that either. I especially like their blind spot feature, which highlights stories disproportionately covered by one side of the political spectrum. For example, this story on rising water temperatures in the Gulf Coast is a blind spot for the right. So if you only get your news from right-leaning sources, you might have totally missed this. Meanwhile, this story on China's proposed training facility in Cuba is a blind spot for the left, so you might have missed that story instead. Now You may be thinking, why should I be paying attention to partisan sources at all? Well part of being informed about the world around us is also being informed of potential political slants and echo chambers. That's because if we know where these views are coming from, we'll be better equipped to not only spot ongoing bias but to engage in healthy dialogue with those who hold different views. In fact, I know I've personally benefited a whole lot from ground news. I've got a much better at spotting political bias and I've surprisingly challenged some of my own views too. As such, I highly encourage our viewers to give Ground News a try. We're even offering a 30% discount on their Vantage plan for all TLDR viewers. And that includes access to a feature called My News Bias, which is basically a dashboard for your news diet. Sign up to find out how your reading habits change over the next week. What are your top sources? Are you engaging with diverse perspectives? What about your favorite topics? Find out with Ground News Vantage, which is 30% off only using our link. So make sure that you go to ground.news forward slash TLDR or click the link in the description to get started and support an independent news platform working to make the media landscape more transparent.